Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by the Cocker Firm and Boston Scientific. We're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. And, of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! Deja vu. I promise y'all, today we will talk about the Cowboys' defensive tackle situation. Y'all will not make me pivot today. Now, we'll dive in part three of our hindsight series. Again, yesterday I said I got a surprise cut and a guy that should obviously come back. We'll detail all of that from top to bottom, every single last player on this team. I'll briefly touch on guys who aren't here, but mostly of those who remain on this team are free agents. Not much of a roundup, though, Cowboys Nation. Not much of a roundup. Uh, you got some wild news coming out of Arizona, but... Other than that, uh, we'll jump straight into today's topic. And if you want to call in and talk about it, see, I'm already in there talking about it. I already see y'all in here uh, conversating about what to do with this player, that player. So that's good. We're already getting that conversation drawn up. Um, I'll briefly touch on some draft prospects and, and free agent prospects in the roundup. But we, all, we want to save that probably for next week or so uh, where we can detail, go into more detail, even break down some film on some of these guys. Today is going to be about reviewing the Cowboys' defensive tackle situation. And if you want to call in, you can. 351-999-3787. And uh, we can talk about it, Cowboys Nation. Or should I say Bomb Squad? Shout out to y'all. Bomb Squad! Y'all the best. Y'all the best. Uh, Before we do that, I don't know if it's because the team that's in the Super Bowl this week and I'm kind of being... Hang on, I'm being a little bit of a hater. I, I, I haven't watched any Super Bowl coverage. I'm, I'm purposefully, you know, diving into everything Dallas Cowboys, some draft stuff. Uh, and, and, and right now, basketball. What's good, Lee? Like, NBA is overshadowing everything happening right now down at Arizona with the LeBron James breaking the record. You got Kyrie Irving getting traded to the Mavs, which is funny because I said that I want to go see Kyrie and Luka and and boom, uh, Vach hit me up last night. Yo, we got to go see Kyrie and Luka. Playoffs, baby. Let's do it. Um, and then KD. Kevin Durant gets traded. And today's a trade deadline in the NBA. And this isn't an NBA show, but I think it's exciting to see all this happening. Trade deadline in the NBA is way better than the trade deadline in the NFL. And you can see it. And it might not be done. Maybe the Lakers make a move. Maybe, maybe the uh, Suns make another move. We'll see. But damn. KD, Kyrie, LeBron, all in consecutive days is craziness. It's just madness. It's exciting. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens in the second half of the NBA season. But uh, 
that's that's pretty much what's happening right now during during the Super Bowl. We got to know nothing about a game. I don't even know what the teams that's playing. You know, they say something about two black quarterbacks. I don't know. I don't, I don't recognize one of the teams. So I'm just saying, I want to talk about a little NBA. We could do that. Forget the Super Bowl. All right, let's get into the roundup. It's time. 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 It's time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Hey, Uncle Michael Irvin, man. This dude can't stay out the goddamn on media. So, I don't know. There's a story down there, and I'm not going to go super TMZ. But the reason why it's an interesting story is because it seems like Michael Irvin pretty much spilled the beans on his own story. So Irv has been pulled from the NFL Network Super Bowl coverage down there in Arizona uh, because apparently an altercation, he say, she say, whatever, in the lobby of one of the hotels down there. Thing is, nobody knew about this altercation. Until Michael Irvin went on 105.3, the fans, the fans, the fan, and pretty much told everybody about it. He said, quote, honestly, I'm a bit baffled with it, with it all. This all happened in a 45 second conversation in the lobby. When I got back after going out, I came into the lobby, talked to somebody. I talked to this girl. I don't know her. And I talked to her for about 45 seconds. We shook hands. Then I left. That's all I know. Apparently, this is on video footage. He hasn't seen it. Uh, and, and and once he went on there and talked about this altercation or conversation, and then he admitted as well, well, I don't quite remember because, you know, I was drinking <laughs> my son. Mike, why are you admitting you drinking on? <sighs> Who was in Mike's ear? You know how I might get when he get the laugh. <laughs> Come on, man. Who's in Mike's ear? Not only did you go on the radio and tell everybody that you was out here talking to people in the lobbies when nobody cared. Then you admitted you was drinking and you don't remember. Mike. Yeah, you might have my son. Damn, Mike. Not not this week. They already getting on the Cowboys. You you know how every time something happened with Michael Irvin, it come back to Dallas Cowboy fans. Well, we won't be seeing Michael Irvin for the Super Bowl coverage. We'll see what happens in the following weeks. Hopefully nothing crazy. Pulling for you, Mike. All right. <laughs> simple question and then we can go ahead and get into this thing here it's a Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle situation once again a need a sneaky need yes or no and then we'll we'll, we'll dive all the way into it <laughs> Texas T said tell Mike to call the Cochran law firm <laughs> got somebody for you Mike <laughs> my guys Larry and Brian will hold it down That's funny. Uh, yes. Yes. Once again, yeah, I have to put again because it was a need last year, in my opinion. 
Yes, indeed. D-E-D-T is a glaring need. Ooh, ooh, Army Mom. You said D-E is a glaring need. Interesting. Defensive line is more 100% a, a very sneaky need. I'd probably prioritize defensive tackle, though, Cowboys Nation. And there's a there's a handful of guys in this draft. I mean, you're seeing right now is it Siaki? Is it Ika? Obviously, the Jalen Carters and Brian Breezy's might not be there for you. Um, you got the defensive tackle kid from Pittsburgh. Uh, is it Cansey? Undersized cat. There's there's some defensive tackle prospects. I'm looking for a big boy, though. Looking for a big boy. And then the big fish, the big name in free agency is Deron Payne. We will talk about all of these guys in our free agent primer and, and leading up for the draft. But the reason why I brought up uh, the Oregon guy, I have him here, because we briefly talked about him yesterday on Vacha's show. And I said, man, perfect timing because I, I wanted to talk about defensive tackle. And I took a look at him. And the Pittsburgh kid, just to kind of just get started with that situation. And as I'm watching these players play and, and these prospects do their thing, I came back to that question I asked you guys. Is this defensive tackle situation a sneaky need? And I say yes. It 100% is a need for the Cowboys. Not just because of the guys they could potentially be, potentially be losing, but I don't I only think there's a handful of guys in that room that you could legitimately count on week in, week out to perform at a high level. And shout out to Dan Quinn. Because Dan Quinn can can mask so many things for your defense because he's that guy. Like we we know we have a Micah in the digs and a D Law, right? But when you have a team that leads the NFL in turnovers two years in a row, when you got a top 10 unit, you would think there's just pro bowlers littered all over the place. That's not necessarily the case. You got guys who were journeymen. You got guys who are just jacks. You got guys who are role players. But I think Dan Quinn helps elevate these guys because he's Dan Quinn. And that's no different from the defensive tackle situation. It, it was it was mostly masked in that second half of the year because they brought in a guy um, and they, they switched some things up. But early on, that run defense was weird. And I don't put it all on the defensive tackles. I don't. But I would have liked to have one of those dudes, right? And Dallas just didn't have that early on. I think you were getting a lot of the production from the defensive, defensive ends and your defensive tackles were kind of just doing their jobs per se. And we were having conversations too many times on this channel about the linebackers, right? Um, and maybe that'll continue next year. But I feel like Dallas, there's positions the Cowboys don't value high enough. We talk about safety. We talk about defensive tackle. We made jokes when they drafted Quentin Bohanna, which we'll get to here in a second. <clears throat> he was the first nose tackle they drafted, period, really. Uh, I want to say since 2000, 2001, I forget the, the dude's name. I did a whole segment on that guy or the situation when we drafted Bohanna. He was seriously the first true nose tackle, defensive tackle like that the Cowboys have drafted. They've drafted, you know, Ratliffs of the Worlds and the Spears who played 
you know, five tech or whatnot, but they hadn't drafted that kind of guy in forever because they didn't put any emphasis on it. Huh. Dan Quinn comes in. They finally start to draft that guy. They went out and signed that guy. Same thing with the safety position. Dan Quinn comes in. They take the safety position a little bit more serious. I'm wondering if they take that next step, right? Because I think you got to have one or two of those guys in the middle or, or, or a plethora of those guys in the middle. I look at the Chiefs. I mean, we always go back to the team, the Super Bowl. Look at the Chiefs, Chris Jones, one of the best in the league. You look at the Eagles. They got a ridiculous rotation of these dudes in the middle. You go look at the Bengals, who were in the, the AFC Championship game. Uh, they got the kid that was giving us trouble in week two. There's a DJ Reader. I think that was his name. I think we have a young guy that can, that we hope can play his way into that. And I mean, I think that he can, he, he has the talent to do so, but I think he needs a running mate and we'll talk about that. And maybe he even needs to get somebody that could push him as well. I don't think the defensive tackle position is in a state where you don't have to bring anybody in to push any. Everybody can be pushed on this unit. Nobody is quote unquote secure. You got guys who played better, who played well, who had semi-breakout seasons. You obviously bring them back. They're obviously starters. But none of these guys are, are pro bowlers. None of these guys are uh, constant difference makers. So they can be upgraded from. And that's where you get free agency. That's where you potentially get the draft all involved. So this unit, it still remains one of those units the Cowboys just haven't quite been able to put their hands on since, let's be honest, Jay Ratliff left. And we're keeping it a bean. So let's break it all down. And I want to start from the top with Quentin Bohanna. Big Bo came in last year. We talked about there was a little bit of pressure on Bo to, to show something. And I think he did that in training camp. In fact, he took somebody's spot, which we'll get to here in a second. But I think Bo is what he is, right? He's a six-round pick who does nose tackle things, big body, a guy you don't really want out there for 20, 25, 30 snaps, reserve role player. And he's a guy I think you bring back for that same exact reason, right? Big body, role player, somebody to push in camp. You bring some competition in to push Bohanna in camp. There's no, there's no need to necessarily cut a Quentin Bohanna per se because he's not saving you any money or anything like that. But he's also one of those guys that are not secure. Now, there's maybe two or three of these dudes that are, but he's not secure in my opinion. Now, th that doesn't mean Bo didn't play better this year. He actually played better this season than he played last year. I I'm not down on a, a Quentin Bohanna because I don't have high expectations for a Quentin Bohanna. You know what I mean? But when I, the beginning of the season, I think you saw the competition when it was added in the cap from Arkansas. Now, he didn't stay, but I thought you saw Bo kind of have a different gear at camp. And that gear ended up pushing him into a quote unquote starting, semi quasi starting role by taking Neville Gallimore's spot. And if we're talking about a surprise cut, that was my my guy we well, might say well Scott he's a third round pick why would you cut Neville Gallimore he's going into his fourth year um, 
He was supposed to break out last year. Yeah, he was supposed to, ball, supposed to do all of that. I think he had a underwhelming season. Obviously, Quinn Bohanna took his spot. And then you saw Neville get shopped at the trade deadline. And then you saw Neville, you know, be a healthy scratch multiple times this season. So it's not just me kind of down on Neville Gallimore's season, but the front office is down on Neville Gallimore. He ended up finishing the season five straight games without a stop. And he never really was a threat as a pass rusher or a run stopper, if we're being completely honest. And look at Bo. Bo's not a major difference maker, but he had a stop in nine of the 13 games he played in. There was times you'd be like, oh, I didn't even know Neville was out there. And that's sad because I thought Neville Gallimore would take that next step, given some of the competition that's been thrown uh, at him. But not necessarily the case. So I could definitely see them deciding to just move on from Neville Gallimore, uh, depending what they do in a draft free agency. Because whatever they decide to do in a draft free agency will tell us more about some of these young guys that they have. Clearly. But one of the vets that I think has a chance to come back, and I will 100% look to bring him back on another short intermediate deal, was Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins got called up about a quarter of the way into the season, and he delivered immediately. Immediately. In fact, it didn't take him long to be better than Bo, to be better than Neville. And that's why I think you saw Neville kind of get that healthy scratch from time to time because Los was there. Los, once again, Los got signed last year, was a surprise, solid role player. This year, again, surprise, solid role player. He did say, he did admit, though, he was surprised when he got cut. But they were able to sneak him back on the practice squad. And when you look at the postseason, Los was pretty damn solid in the postseason as well. Now, you're not going to ask, when I say ask, I mean literally cut this unit all the way down prior to the training camp and mini camps and whatnot. So you're going to bring some guys back. I put Los on that list. You're losing nothing by by signing Carlos Watkins to another one-year cheap deal. You're losing nothing. You're gaining more than you're losing. Sign them. Let them compete. Let them push these young guys. Let them be kind of that veteran in the locker room. And uh, if you get one of these young guys that beat them out, great. Y'all often hear me say this during camp all the time. I would love for these veterans to get beat out by these young guys because it is a meritocracy and not because of politics. So I can see these two swap, and I can see Neville Gallimore being out and Los being brought back just by the way they handle things during the season. We'll get to the other three in a second here, but I kind of want to get into the chat and talk to some callers that called in. So I got Bo and Neville are on the on thin ice in a way, and I think Neville has the potential to be cut. Bo has the potential to come back but be pushed off the roster if you got guys coming uh, that you draft or sign. But I think Carlos Watkins definitely should be brought back on a cheap veteran deal and, and let him compete. I don't think he's done anything the last two seasons to say he's not good enough to compete for a roster. How are we feeling here? Uh, let's get into the chat right quick. <laughs> and DJ said, hell yeah, he was surprised. You saw what the other dudes was doing. He Yeah, he came out and was like, I was shot. 
I was shocked too because when I was down there, I was like, I mean, Los looks like a guy that's part of this rotation. But we also know how they covet draft picks. So I kept saying guys like um I keep big country. Big country. I'm like, he's gonna make this team because he was a draft pick, but he was without a shadow of a doubt your worst defensive tackle in training camp. Um, and that that could be partly not his fault due to all the guys that were have a higher draft pedigree, were better, were playing better. It just is what it is. Where they dropped the ball was not just putting this man on IR. Um or vice versa, right? Not putting Dak on IR and just keeping uh big country and seeing if he can develop a little bit that was the most annoying part of getting rid of big country in my opinion not that i'm gonna cry about losing big country it was just you could have easily kept big country by doing a number of different things by putting him on ir putting another guy on ir cutting josh ball but you decided to cut him which shocked me because they value those picks gallimore dropped off 100 percent that's why you don't draft Canadians. Come on, man. <laughs> if we could sign a big defensive tackle, says Brian, I hope we draft one high if one's worth getting. What's high to you, right? Like, high to us probably is round one or two. The Cowboys haven't drafted a defensive tackle in that round in I don't know how long, you know? So if they're going to get one of those big trash can full of dirt dudes, that's coming day three. Don't even expect to see that. Uh, in the second round, maybe the third round, but that's likely coming day three. So if they're going to take a DT in day one or two, which I doubt is day one, but in day two, in the second or third round, I think it's going to be of the three techie, you know, situation, not necessarily the one tech nose tackle types. Captain says I would have kept Ridgeway over Gallimore. I mean, hindsight 2022, I, Probably would have too, because you, you got a guy who's going to be on a four-year deal, uh, develop developmental guy, and you you pretty much seen what Neville is, and Neville doesn't seem like he's taking that next step to be one of them dudes. He seems to be lost in translation, kind of lost in the in the rotation of defensive tackles. Usually, you see a guy in the year three kind of take that step. I didn't see that with Neville. All right, let's take a couple calls here. We'll get back into the chat. The Pulse Nation Hotline presented by the Cochran Firm. Hey, man. Mike. Mike, if you need somebody, Larry holla at you. Brian will holla at you. They handle the most challenging civil cases in the DFW area. Or if you're stuck in Arizona. And all their civil cases are handled on a contingent fee basis, meaning there is no financial recovery. If there is no financial recovery, they charge no fee. And I'm talking personal injury, wrongful death, fraud, truck, automobile accidents, class action lawsuits, whatever you name it, they got you. So hit them up at 1-800-THE-FIRM or schedule your free consultation today at CochranTexas.com. Got 267 on a horn. What's good? We don't wipe them 304s. What up, man? Absolutely, we never do that. De- definitely, um, definitely not yeah. in Arizona. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike's got to take my advice, man. Um, so two things. Uh, one, one thing that I hope the Cowboys do going into next season is that they they don't waste roster spots like they did this year. 
Like, Josh Ball should not be on this team. Like, you just talked about it. Like, the fact that Terrence Steele went out and we had to make all these arrangements because we didn't have – because Josh Ball couldn't step in and do his job really tells you that he shouldn't be on the team in the first place. Yeah, sometimes you just got to swallow your pride and say, hey, Josh Ball is just a wasted fourth-round pick. Uh, but, you know, we joked about yesterday with Okoye, hey, they don't hold on to, to XYZ type of guys, but – they definitely do cherish their picks because they know we, they have to hit. So we got to see it through type of situation. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, I mean, even if he were to go on the practice squad or something like that, I don't think anybody would have picked him up. <laughs> you know? like oh, I, I agree. I don't know why they were so hesitant to do it. Draft pedigree, man. Uh, you know, draft pedigree. But, I, you know, I would love to ask who might have made that call. Y'all think? McClay made that call. I would ask more McClay. Maybe I might ask him next year or this offseason. What went into keeping Josh Ball over over Ridgeway? I, I just want to know. Yeah, definitely. And when it comes to the defensive line, I think it's definitely a need. And um, it, it might not seem as glaring as the other needs that we have on this team. But, I mean, look, the, the way the Cowboys need to approach this offseason is, is, is they need to focus on beating Philadelphia, just like how teams in the AFC West Hey Chris, beating the Chiefs. Do, do you do you have um, me on speaker or something? The, the, the people say they can hardly hear you. Oh, uh, maybe because I'm in a I'm in a large room. Gotcha. Uh, let me see if I can do it real quick, and then I'll, I'll. Can you hear me better now? I can hear you. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying is, like, they, they need to build a team to beat Philadelphia. And the way you do it is, I mean, you got to build up those trenches because they're solid on yeah. both sides of the line of scrimmage. And I think that if, if you're going to lose or if you're going to be able to get all this cap space from restructuring Dak, you know, cutting uh, Tyron Smith and doing what you have to do, getting rid of Zeke, then you need to put some of that capital towards that defensive line because, you know, the Eagles have a good – the Eagles are good on both sides of the line of scrimmage on purpose because they've invested in both those sides of the line of scrimmage. And I hope that the Cowboys take that same approach this offseason. 100%, Chris. And I'm, I'm going to touch on that in a second. Yeah. Well, all right, uh, Scott, I'll talk to you, bro. Appreciate you, brother. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree with that 110%. Um, and, and we talked about this yesterday. We were talking about the running back position. I'd, I'd much rather put the capital in the offensive line because then I can plug a running back back there with the quality scheme and I'll be fine. Uh, again, man, you, you look at the teams that are in these situations, they they put that capital towards it. I mean, we know the famous offseason that the Chiefs had, and you know, with the offensive line, they went out and said, oh, we got old guys and then they got hurt and we watched what a defensive line did to Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. No, sir. Go trade me a guy and go sign me a guy and we're going to draft a guy. All in the same offseason. Philly is notorious for, for their trenches. I mean, the entire Dak and Tony Romo era, we, we've had to deal with good offensive lines and good defensive lines. And I think it's what has kept them kind of competitive and, and, and easier, if you think about it, to do these two rebuilds because they have a solid foundation. They know, okay, we're going to win or lose in the trenches. So as long as we keep replenishing the trenches, it's easier to place these other guys around. 
And we know what the, the Eagles offense and defensive line looks like. So I'm with you, Chris. Build up those trenches. I mean, I know it's cliche, right? Uh, you win the game in the trenches. Yeah, it's cliche for a reason. Dallas knows this because they, they invested so many players on the offensive line. The thing that they just don't invest in is defensively. And I would love to see them kind of turn that page a little bit and spend a little bit of money on that defensive line. Five five nine. What it is? What it do? Okay, I'm good, man. How are you? Good. So you just uh, talked about that topic right now, the defensive line. Uh, yeah, I think it starts in the trenches, man. Yep. We need to uh, rebuild that uh, offensive line, defensive line. I think we'll be good. I think Dak will be all right um, for another two years. He's not a horrible quarterback i just think they need to put some talent around him because he's not a you know mahomes no, we just need to accept that and that's it man thank you yeah, appreciate the call man 100 damn sure ain't no mahomes <laughs> agree with you there uh yeah build up the the trenches it'll help everybody out quarterback running back receivers all that stuff um danny said philly will draft uh the the oregon kid putting next to jordan davis good luck uh, well, if they do that, I mean, I'll just run to the edges on them because those two dudes are huge dudes, but they're not guys that I think are going to go south. And I know Jordan Davis ran like a four eight, but Jordan Davis is still more of a penetrating defensive tackle uh, than a sideline guy, four eight or not. You know, you get him ten plays in, he a little bit trouble. But um, yeah, Philly's going to definitely replenish their defensive tackles and their O lines for sure, for sure. All right, let's get Marv, and then we'll let the phones build up a little bit more, and we'll finish our last three guys to recover. Marv, I knew this topic would uh, interest you, man. You like the defensive line. Yeah, I like it. I like the defense. I like that guy, Reeves. I mean, Keane from Wisconsin, and the big guy, Kia, from uh, Baylor. Yeah. So you, uh, I say, Did I say Oregon? I keep saying Oregon. My bad. It's the, it's the Baylor kid. Apologies, squad. So yeah. you like the Baylor kid, you like the Clemson kid. Is it Clemson Breeze? Breeze is it? Uh, yeah, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So not Brian Breeze. Was, was it Kiana? Kiana. I don't know his last name. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not deep yet. I just got kind of the top guys uh, right now. Yeah, he's a beast, man. I'm like, and I and I be watching how he penetrate, and he be getting in there, and uh. Your boy never did that. Gallimore? Yeah. They were dogging him. I was like, man, what is this? Yeah, and, so, and Gallimore was supposed to be the penetrating three-tech. He was supposed to be that that pass rushy type guy. And then he had to put on some weight because they you know, they wanted him to do some more things, and it just never carried well. Never carried with him. So, but my, if you, my, I was telling uh, Law, I'd rather uh, either pain, that's my first, that's all you need to sign. If you sign pain, I'm happy. Because they're gonna make they're gonna take the defense up to the number one defense. Or Thompson. Thomason from Minnesota. Then both of them Alabama boys. So if you get one of them, we're on our way. And, and still drop the big deep tackle. Cause that's gonna help your edges. Because you gotta remember you still got the Cleveland guy that we got back, who they always love from UCLA. The D is. 
Or are you, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Cleveland? It's a defense and the Cowboys picked up. Remember? But they never played him. Tack McKinley? Him. Yeah. Oh, he's brother, still we, ain't, we, ain't, we ain't factoring Tack McKinley in nothing. Well, I'm just saying, though. Yeah. They're good. Uh, we'll, he would, uh, you know how you boy, uh, Quinn. Quinn ought to coach them guys up. So, yeah. but the, the key is the deep tackle. We make that deep tackle cold blooded. Our defense is going to be a top five defense. You know what I'm saying? So, that's what I want. We can, I, I know everybody. I want pain, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's 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 kind of my – if I had a dream free agent pickup, Deron Payne's my guy. I wanted Tomlinson last year, Payne this year. You see the kind of – the year before that, I forget who it was, but it was a defensive tackle. It, it's kind of a theme. I think it was Phillips, the cat that used to be in Buffalo. But I, I'm I'm always wanting one of those disruptive DTs for sure. You got to do it. Finally got to do it. If they do that, I know you'll be like, oh, Jerry Jones them did it. Yeah, listen. Did it. Exactly. <laughs> You spend, you spend a little bit of money. I ain't asking him to do nothing too crazy, Mar, but you can spend yeah. a little bit of cheese. I, you know, I don't need you to spend $300 million. You can spend a little cheese, Thanks. though. Well, we need that D-Tackle because if they get him, man, that whole defense will go to another level. Wow. If they drop another D-Tackle, that'll do it. That's all I have to say. All right, man. Good show. Thanks, bro. Appreciate all you. Right. Thanks. Let me ask you a question. Because this this next guy I want to talk about, he showed some improvement towards the end of the season, put on some damn good film in Chauncey Ghoston. And when Dan Quinn starts to talk about you in these press conferences, the way Dan Quinn talks about you, and boy, if, if Dan Quinn talk about you, he likes you a lot. Chauncey got drafted couple years ago to me as more of a five tech type of defense and and they said we need you to put on some weight slide in and play more defensive tackle still could be obviously a five tech and this is a multiple front defense Chauncey did that was an absolute massive human being out there every time you see him I couldn't I couldn't believe that's Chauncey ghost <laughs> it was huge and I thought he start putting on some really good film in that second half of the season, to the point where it is like, hey, Neville, you can sit down. I don't really need you. I wonder if Golston, if he's going into that year three type of ascension. I don't necessarily look at Golston as that three tech penetrating, you know, lethal, quick first step type of guy, but a guy that can use his length. Um, a poor man's Jason Hatcher. Remember Jason Hatcher? Six foot seven, long. Now, he did use some of his quickness, but when you slide a guy like Chauncey inside, their quickness is better against guards than it would be against tackles. But if he if he rounded into a Jason Hatcher, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about the 11-sack first-year Rob Marinelli Jason Hatcher. Like, that would be excellent. But I'm just talking about that Jason Hatcher was a guy that you can count on every game. A solid guy. I take that with Chauncey. Now, I said there were a handful of dudes that I think are quote-unquote safe. When I use the term safe, I don't mean like if they can't be replaced. But I feel like these next three guys are guys that should be safe 
to the point of, okay, not only am I just safe for this roster, but I'm competing to start. I'm competing to be that guy. I think Chauncey year three could be an interesting player to watch moving forward based on how he played uh, at, in the second half of the season. And I'm not saying he was, you know, a pro bowler or anything like that, but he put on some really good tape. He, he was doing some disruptive things. He was creating pressure, getting in the backfield, using his length. He, you saw him kind of mature a bit as a player. So of all these guys, I think Ghostin is the one I put that asterisk next to the most because there's just something about him that 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 could be, even if he's just a quality rotation dude, that's a dub for a third-round pick. That's a dub. Michael Bennett type guy says King Element. Uh. Uh, Chauncey did great those last three, four games, says Brian. Yeah, I think uh, he put on some good tape. Put on some good tape. James says, I will keep him. 100% keep him. King Element says he's very underrated. What's good, bro? Rory in the building. Yes, sir. Smoke dropped $2 in the super chat and said, um, Super chat. This is a deep class this year. Can't front. Army Moms thinks Big Big Bo would be the cut. Absolutely could end up being. You know, I think, I think Neville or Big Bo could be one of those guys, but. I don't think either of them will get cut uh, anytime soon. I feel like those guys, obviously, you keep them, you get to mini camp, training camp, see what's up. Quentin Williams, I don't think he's going nowhere. I think they're going to keep Quentin. Chauncey Ghoster, man. I think I think there's something to Chauncey that could, maybe he could start next year. I don't know. We'll see. But the guy that absolutely has to return, right, Cowboy? Like, like we can't even play around with this one. This is Jonathan Hankins. The run defense was borderline night and day when Jonathan Hankins got brought onto this team. I don't got the exact numbers. Uh, Professor O had dropped one a while ago. Let me see if I can find that graphic. It was towards the end of the season. When 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 Chauncey, I'm sorry, when Jonathan Hankins was on the field compared to when he was off the field, same thing with Quentin Bohanna. You saw the run defense was better when these guys were on the field as opposed to when they were off. But the the sheer volume numbers prior to Jonathan Hankins coming and after, you can't dispute it. And I don't think Hankins is going to cost you a ton of money. So I would 100% look to bring him back on a short one to two year deal that doesn't cost you a ton. You can get out of if you want to, which I don't think you would have the need to do so because even during his last days in Oakland, it wasn't like Oakland in Las Vegas, wasn't like he was a bad player. They just had other young guys they wanted to play and said, let's see if we can get some draft capital. He is, at the end of the day, a veteran that isn't a part of the future. And again, you're not going to gut this entire unit. So you, you got to bring guys back. And I think Hank is a guy you bring back, man. You, you saw him not only be able to handle double teams like he's been able to do throughout his career, but he was causing traffic accidents. I always use that analogy for my defensive tackles. I need you to cause the accidents, make these running backs reroute. Hell, run into the damn running backs. Hank was a problem for a lot of these teams. The thing is, though, he doesn't really provide you any pass rush type of situations. And once you get into, you know, spreading the ball out, he can push you with with pure strength. 
but you don't really have that dominant pass rushy guy outside of the next dude we're going to talk to and, and, and I use the word dominant loosely because I wouldn't consider it dominant but he was your best guy and that's Osa and if we're going to move forward with a Jonathan Hankins I think these are your starters until you go out into the draft I mean to free agency like if you're going to get guys to free agency then we change the conversation but if you were coming back with this unit Hank and Osa and I'm not even thinking twice about it because I do think Osa needs kind of that running make in the, in the mold of a Jonathan Hankins. Now, we can upgrade from him. I would love to upgrade from a Jonathan Hankins. That, that, that'd be a good thing for the Cowboys. But Osa is going to be your starting three-tech on his team. I think he's earned it. I think he's... The funny thing is, if you look at his stats compared to last season, it's not like he exploded on the scene. But you can see Osa, <clears throat> excuse me, in these spurts, you'd be like, mm, that is why he was drafted in the third round. That's why he has that, that, that high ceiling because he gives you that ultra-athletic kind of undersized three-tech who played wrestling, can knows leverage, super high motor, and he was without a shadow of, your, of a doubt your best defensive tackle in the postseason. I personally thought Osa was going to be given a, a, a bit more responsibility this year to just go out there and just work dudes. Uh, but I said it's a bunch on this show. It seemed to me like the defensive tackles were more part of doing stunts. The Cowboys ran stunts more than any team in the NFL, and it wasn't even close. And usually these defensive tackles were assigned to create for the defensive ends, which, duh. Right, the defensive tackles compared to the D laws and the Micahs and the the Fowlers and and um, who am I missing? The Armstrongs, right? Like that unit was clearly the better unit. Unit, so you use those guys to create for them. But when they just said, "Hey, Osa, go get them," I was like, "Man, Osa can do it." I thought Osa would be Dan Quinn's Grady Jarrett. But Dan Quinn is not running the same defense that he ran in Atlanta. But if you ask Osa to be that pass rushy guy, I think Osa can do it. And I would love to see them kind of allow him to, to, to spread his wings a bit next year. Give him a running mate, but let him spread his wings a little bit next year. I, mean, I think he has a potential to be more disruptive than your regular stunt double. I, I use stunt double joking around. But he did. He, he was a guy that was helping create stunts, playing games and getting guys open. And then third down, do your thing, Osa. But 26 stops, 31 pressures, four sacks and a forced fumble for basically a part-time rusher is nothing to sneeze at from the interior. So uh, he was your best defensive tackle. I don't particularly think it was close. Uh, Hankins came on late, so you could throw Hankins in there. But when you look at the unit as a whole, I don't know how we can come away and say this is not a need. There's there's one or two guys on here, and 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 Golson is that that asterisk I talked about because he has a potential. But there's one or two guys on here you can say, yeah, week in week out, I know he's going to bring it. Other than that, you got a bunch of role players and a bunch of guys that you or a couple guys that you say, man, they might not be on his team next year. I don't like that. So. Maybe you got to address this situation in both free agency and the draft. 
DJ, good morning, good sir. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Good, good, good. All right, so there's a reason I kind of waited to call in because I think you just covered the part that I feel like is the most important, um, which is Osa, Jonathan Hankins, Chauncey Golston. Those three dudes, once they were all available, uh, once Jonathan Hankins got here, uh, it just took the defense to a whole nother level, right? It took a very prominent uh, weakness that the defense had, and it almost immediately eliminated it. Uh, and then, of course, once LBE and, uh, came back, then, you know, that, that was right around the playoffs, and then that's when we got the games that we got out of those guys. Yep. So, and I was also looking at the market, and all of these guys, like Chauncey and Osa, I'm sorry? Nothing. You say you was looking at the market. I'm saying there's a lot of names on them in the market. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of names on the market. My big thing is is Deron Payne is at least the market value that they're they're projected right now is nineteen million. I'm like, oh no, I can't. Not for a D tech. I mean he's worth it, don't get me wrong, but That's I same. just for this team I don't I don't like that idea. That's way too much money. Um, now, if you want to go out and get a, a Dalvin Thompson, who's like eight and a half, by all means, do you. He already but got I think he, you he, have he, this. Is he getting cut or something? Am I tripping? It, it, it had him on the list, you know. Uh, now, if they're going to bring him back, then sure. Right? We don't know what, you know, if these yeah. teams, you know, because the teams have the first. I'm looking at the spot, right? And all yeah, that Thompson thing. is available on there, yeah. Yeah. So he his market's about eight and a half. So hey, you want to do that? But I think the 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 base guys that you have already are good enough because all you need is somebody to keep bodies off of the linebackers. That way they can be fast to run around. Um, and of course, if they make plays like Osa and Hankins did later in the season, by all means, that's just the cherry on top. But it's not necessarily a, a position that you. I would say you have to draft. I think you should draft. Uh, D-line, D-tackles, inside and edge every single year, just like you should on offensive line. I think you just need to keep a good rotation of guys anyway. But it, I wouldn't say that it's something that is the most prominent, like, oh, we got to handle this because there's nobody to fill those shoes right now. I mean, technically there's not. I mean, again, we're we're doing this in February. Um, and right now, Jonathan yeah. Akins is a free agent. Your defensive tackles right now as we speak are Osa, Chauncey, Neville and Quentin. There is no Carlos. There is no Jonathan Hankins. So, so technically, it one hundred percent is a need. Um, sure. But you're so. You, but but depends what we do in free agency. Do you bring? It depends if you're bringing back Jonathan Hankins. It depends if you bring back Los. It depends if you're going out and signing a, a, one of these guys. If you do none of that, you definitely go into the draft with a blinking light, glaring need. I think. Uh, well, actually, you just you just a uh, new fear unlocked just now because when you said if they don't re-sign these guys, and historically, if we go over the past couple of seasons, this is definitely one of those situations where these guys don't get signed. So, for sure, for yeah, sure. It's, it's, it's it's more of a it's more of a put a pin in it situation because we don't we don't know what we're dealing with going into the draft, right? We just don't. 
Yeah. yeah. But if they bring back Los and they bring back Jonathan Hankins, which seems to be up their alley, they like to cover their bases with guys like that. That changes the conversation mm-hmm. completely. Now we're talking about getting one of these dudes in day two or in day three, uh, at, at the most the third, fourth, fifth round, like they did last season. So it's kind of just putting a pin in it. We're reviewing the the situation right now, uh, but those dudes technically are free agents. Well, yeah, I get it. we need to get. I need to see them get those two guys locked down. I, I was working yeah. with the assumption like it's such an obvious thing, which. Unfortunately, this organization doesn't necessarily do the obvious shit all the time. So, <laughs> but it's such an obvious thing that you bring back those guys. That I was just like, hey, they're gonna be here. They need to be here, but because that's just something. It, it moves you two steps forward, and will put you five steps back if you don't. So that's what, like it's my, non-negotiable. Just get it done. My approach would be because they were like, listen, Los, Los Chauncey, Osa, Hankins were were good enough given the situation for Dan Quinn in 2022. My thinking for all is always, but can I get better? Remember I said this last year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can bring XYZ back, but but I'm trying to add to it. Can I get better? So my first order of business would be, well, how do I upgrade from that first? So if I'm hitting up a, a Dalvin Thompson, I'm hitting up a Deron Payne, a... Uh, Javon Hargrave, who is an absolute beast. Like, I'm calling all these dudes. What y'all want? Does this work out? Then if that don't work out, then you pick up that phone and you bring those other two dudes back. But I'm 100% trying to upgrade. No, They play well. They, they're good veterans in Lowe's and Hankins and whatnot. But they're, they're, not, they're not, in my opinion, game wreckers. I'm, I'm contacting some game wreckers to see if I can add to this team to upgrade. Okay. And if that doesn't work out, now let's bring back guys that we know we can trust and that can compete with some of these young dudes that we're going to draft or young guys that we had last year. Does that make sense? No, 100%. The only mm-hmm. thing that I would say is my point is, is that that's your floor, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You should not – you shouldn't even risk getting worse. Like, it's automatic that you bring – because both of those guys are, are veteran minimum-type guys, right? I think so. It's so. not going to cost you all the money in the – it's not going to cost you all the money in the world. So, either way – you can still go out and try to get to a Deron Payne if that's what you want to do, but you should at least have the floor of these guys and, and, and move forward from there because you know they're at least good enough to get the job done. If you can add to that to that level 100%, but don't get worse just because you're trying to chase Deron Payne first is how I, is how I look at it. Yeah, I don't think you're going to miss out on Lowson and, and Hankins because you chased Deron. Like I don't, no, I, no, I, don't no, no. Yeah, I don't look at those guys as for day one, you know, free agents. Them dudes is gonna be sitting around for a minute, unless 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 Dallas, you know, because I think there's that weird time period where you can sign your own guys back prior to uh, free agency. So unless Dallas just says, "Hey, here's my one year deal, here's my two year deal, whatever," come on back, so that 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 could happen. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, just go ahead and get them done. That way, you know, you have that floor, and then move forward. Indeed. Good call, DJ. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's uh, get B-Bird on the horn. What's good, B-Bird? Hey, nothing much, Scott. How you doing today, brother? I'm good, good, sir. Hey, so uh, y'all kind of stole my thunder. I think that's DJ before uh, where you said that, um, you know, those guys are free agents because I'm looking, when I hear people talk about D-line help, I'm saying, man, our D-line uh, played well last year with, with Hankin and Osa and, and all those guys because what I look at is 
how do we do it against playoff competition and in the playoffs? Our defensive line wasn't an issue. And so, as he said prior to this call, the floor, our floor is pretty good. And we talk about um, was signing Duran. Well, good. I know we're saying yeah. was. I, I do understand what you're saying. I'm yeah, saying they ain't here. And let's just be real. We're not going to get into a a a bidding war for Hankins, nor are we going to get into it for uh, who's the Carlos, right? Carlos Watkins, yep. So yeah. So I mean, what I'm trying to say is that yeah, those guys are free agents, but I mean, they're not going to demand a whole bunch of money out there. That's just what I'm saying. It, you, you know, you go find a pain, and then who you going to have it at uh, at at one technique? I mean, we've been looking for one technique forever, and we found one. I mean, who are we going to get there? Are you saying you, uh, you don't think Payne can play next to Osa? Is Payne a one or a three? Payne could be whatever you want. <laughs> He's oh, okay. a 6'3", 320-pound disruptor. Okay. So when you when you pay, they say, $19 million a year for him, then you're going to lose some things other places, correct? Where? What other places? As far as a, as far as a cap, I mean, you you if you how are you going to sign sign a wide receiver? You know, if you have to get another wide receiver. Well, well, then now now we're playing a game of who do you you know we're just talking defensive tackle now. So what do you prioritize? A wide receiver trading because this is what it's going to be. You're not going to there's no big money wide receiver in free agency, or Deron Payne. That that will be an either or. What do you want a wide receiver or Deron Payne? Now, that's a totally different question. But yeah, if you want to play that game, yeah, if you pay Deron playing, you're not probably trading for a uh, Keenan Allen or trading for a D Hop or or Cooks or what have you. So yeah, there's that. And and, and I guess in my mind that those that wide receiving position is a huge position for me. So wide receiver um, would would trump defensive tackle for you? Oh yes, it would. Okay. Especially if you if you let's just say this again. I preface this by saying if you have if you sign the guys in line, if you sign the floor as a Caller before said, "I think you do better there. I think we, we, I think we actually have. You know, if I look at it, we had a a, a, a bottom five wide receiver room right now. Uh, we just can't have that going forward. If we're gonna for these next two years with Dak Prescott. We got to get every. You got to get some guys around him. And to me, that's gonna cost some money, man. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want to get. I don't want to give that to Deron Payne. I know what kind of difference maker he is, but I don't know the difference between. I think the difference between a a D hop and a Noah Brown uh, is is is, uh, is vastly different than a uh, Hankins and um, a Payne. That's 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 what I'm sure. About yeah, and when we get to we did the wide receivers already, but I think the question now becomes: Do you trust them to trade for a D hop or one of those dudes, or do you trust them more to to, to pay for the Ron Payne free agency? Two places that they are actually, historically terrible at. <laughs> actually, is a yeah, you're absolutely right. So, but you know, one thing, let me get to this next point because you're bringing this up. You know, I asked you the other day, uh, you know, who pounds the table for, uh, you know, free agents? And and one of the things, you kind of solved that for me when I was listening to your show earlier. When you said, hey, man, uh, you know, before um, Dan Quinn got here, we didn't take safety seriously, nor did we take defensive tackle seriously. But since he's gotten here, we've gotten those, we've gotten those two positions kind of fortified. But it tells me that it can't come from a coach. Well, it also tells me that Kellen Moore, he's more built, hell bent on letting the system work, that he's not going to. And that's one of the reasons he's here, he was there, is because he, his system overrode players. So now that Mike McCarthy is in there and he kind of sees some things as far as the offense is concerned, I hope that he's the guy that goes and says, hey, man, I'm running this offense. This is what I'm going to need as wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? 
So hopefully that'll, that'll be the – I'm looking at the Dan Quinn, what he did, and he got some things changed. Hopefully now that Mike's taking over the offense and he can go to the uh, Joneses and say, hey, this is what I need, man. I need this guy. I need that guy or something like that. And they'll listen like they did with Dan Quinn. I mean, but but they didn't – I mean, they listened to Dan Quinn and got Dan Quinn a bunch of role players, a bunch of, yeah. you know, Marshall guys. You, you want you want, you want want McCarthy to go to him and say, I need a D-hop, motherfucker. I need yeah. a I need a kid in Allen. And, and you know it's wishful thinking too, right? <laughs> it it is, but that's kind of what we, we you know what we are yeah, as Cowboys fans. It's a lot of wishful thinking. Um I think I think McCarthy will say I want this type of receiver. I don't know if he'll say this yeah. specific receiver. I said this before, I think he's been conditioned from the Green Bay days where he was asking for guys and, and Ted Thompson said no, that we're gonna draft yeah. and develop, then that's what we're gonna do. And that's why if you look at all their receivers, they were all drafted and developed over time between the Greg Jennings and the uh, – I always forget the, the white receiver's name, always. Um, and then De- Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, like on and on and on. It's just draft and develop day two, day three guys because they yeah. didn't spend money. And, and Mike, Mike didn't like it, right? But now he's coming to the Texas version of that. So I don't I don't even know if, if he's going to have enough to, to really – he's not Sean Payton, right? He's not a guy I think that will cause some ruckus to get, get them type of players. So I wouldn't hold my yeah. breath on it. But I think he'll go in there and say, hey, if we're going to run this system, this is the type of receiver I want. Will McClay will get that information. He'll go scout, pro, and, and draft, and then he'll come back to, to Stephen Jones when it comes to the pro guys and say, hey, I found – I'm just throwing a name out there, DJ Shark or whoever – does this work for you financially? Yeah. Hey, and my last point, man, would be uh, that you, you talked about something earlier. I actually said this yesterday was, uh, on Landlord's show. And uh, a left O-line player, uh, that's what I think I would lo- love in the first round. Uh, I think that's just going to solidify the offense. And then what that does, and you said it again, you don't have to have elite running backs with your line. It's really good. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't have to have that, that it player. Because if you do draft that it player, uh, Bijan or whatever, if he gets hurt, then what? Right now, your offense—he's been covering for the offensive line. Solidify the offensive line, and then let's go forward. Because I think all you need is one man. You need—if you get a bruiser on that left side, man, a big bully, and then you got uh, uh, Smith next to him, and then you know Biotis is good, and then we got the, the right side. We know what that's about, man. We we cooking with gas at that point in time, man. So I, I really would love to get a, a, a left offensive line player, man. And we just go forward from there, man. But I appreciate your time, uh, Scott. You keep keep it up, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, bro. Appreciate you, B-Bird. Great conversation. All right. In fact, you inspired a poll. I'm about to put this poll here. Wouldn't you rather? I'm going I'm to I'm 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 be a little bit easier on the, on the trade conversation. Now, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible with this. So I got a poll in here. Would you rather sign defensive tackle Deron Payne or trade a second and fourth? Because I think this is what it would be about. A second and fourth plus extend DeAndre Hopkins. I think you're going to have to do that. That's the reason why he wants to get out of there. So ask your community. I'm going to let y'all answer in this poll. And while y'all do that, talk about boston scientific today's poll question is brought to you by boston scientific and if you're one of 
39 million men who suffer from ED. Boston Scientific created edcure.org to help you find your best cure. To get started, go to edcure.org, take a quiz, and learn your severity or risk of ED. If you have a condition that puts you at a higher risk, you'll find customized content on the website. It's the fastest way to find your best cure. Contact edcure.org, brought to you by Boston Scientific. Say it with me, Cowboys Nation. It ain't hard, but you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. I think this is a fantastic poll question right here. Deron Payne or trade I think second two and four is realistic I'm trying to be realistic with it I think a two and four is realistic but but the extension part I think is key because I, I believe he's going to want to be extended and it's a fair question because we obviously know the wide receiver position is as we speak a huge question mark outside of CD Lamb I think there's context to both too right you can say well the wide receiver position could technically get better with better health from Gallup, with a better scheme, right? Or you can say, well, she, Deron Payne could be a game record, which he absolutely was last year. And if you get a game record in the middle of your defense, that takes your defense from being one of the best defenses in the league to being one of them ones that we always talk about. So it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a fun question because technically I think both positions are quote-unquote needs of the team, but like B. Bird said, I, I don't think you can do both. Uh, my man said both of them, Scott. I don't think you can do both. You can do both, but I don't think the Cowboys would do both. Let me let me say that, right? You can 100% sign a, a Deron Payne to a, a long-term deal. His first year or two is not big cap hits and didn't trade for it. Now, that's all. You want to talk about all-in approach. That's an all-in approach. That's not up Dallas's alley, though. Right now, 69-31 in favor of signing Deron Payne. Let me see what y'all talking about. How much do I think Diop is asking for? I mean, let's play that game. Let's go on here. Now we're talking numbers a little bit. Whew. I forgot he was getting paid that much. Shout out. To, is this is this Matt Lennox? Is this the Matt Lennox? Indeed it is. Shout out to my bro, Matt Lennox, with the super chat. Just dropping a dub and 10 in a chat. Super chat. For the love. I'm still trying to get our writer's block going, Matt, man. You know. Appreciate you, big dog. Make sure y'all check out his articles on A to Z Sports Dallas. Not only is he on A to Z Sports Dallas, this man is on, I think he's writing for Cincy. I think he's writing for Pittsburgh. One of the hardest working writers out there, period. I ain't just talking about on the underground scene, just period. This, if y'all know how many articles this man wrote, go check him out. A to Z Sports Dallas and more. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is getting paid $27 million a year. <laughs> well, sir, 
I don't think that's happening here. Uh, you would have to, you would have to, you would have to talk to D Hop. Like, look, dog, we have to put that Jerry Jones on him. Hey, man, look, you come to Dallas, you got the the, the endorsements, you got the national spotlight. You know, you can be a super, super, superstar. You know? You're gonna have to sell him like they sold, you know, Jalen Smith. Yeah, we can put you in businesses, real estate. Because I don't think they're going to pay that man $27 million a year. Uh, So, yeah. I, I mean, I knew it was a lot of money, but I, I didn't know it was that high. Hmm. I would love to have. Don't get me wrong. I would, I would definitely take a risk of spending a ton of money and it not working out. So I ain't going to be a hypocrite. But every time I think like that, I have to remember I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones are running the Cowboys. So with that said, the poll numbers have stayed the same relatively here. 68% Deron Payne, 32% in favor of trading for D-Hop. I think if you don't extend D-Hop, you can live with it, but I think he's looking for that. All right, let's lock these up. We're getting, getting a little bit close here. Uh, who did I have next? 336. What it is, what it do? What's up, man? Good morning, good sir. Hey, yeah, my, uh, my name's Jim, man. I'm from North Carolina. What's going on, Jim, from, first from, from North Carolina? First time calling? <laughs> yeah, that's my first time calling, yeah. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I've been I've been a Cowboys fan for a long time. Um, telling my age a little bit, but uh, I'm a I do pull for the Panthers against everybody else just because they're from North Carolina. But I was a Cowboys fan first, so I remain loyal. <laughs> I can dig it. You just um, you'll never find me pulling for the Pittsburgh Steelers or the or the Eagles because I'm from PA. I'm just saying, you know. But but I feel you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So. Uh, Quick question. I hear you talking about Deron Payne. And, um, mm-hmm. I know, like, one of our biggest weaknesses uh, last year before we signed Hankins, the whole reason, well, we traded for Hankins, was uh, run defense. Is he, is he like, really great against the run? Oh, yes. I mean, I don't know if you the, – the beginning of the show, well, not the beginning, but the second part of breaking down our DTs, I talked about how I think the run defense was night and day when, when the Cowboys got – Jonathan Hankins there was really only like one or two games and I don't count the Bears game because when, when he was out there uh the running backs averaged yeah. less than 3.5 yards per carry when Jonathan Hankins was out there but the Packers game is really right. the only game they got ran on embarrassingly when um I shouldn't even use the term embarrassingly just just productively when when Jonathan Hankins yeah. was out there the uh Jaguars game he didn't play so so yeah he was 100 percent right. a difference maker how was Deron Payne in comparison to that? Deron Payne was a, in my opinion, all pro this year, but you can only give that to a couple people. Deron Payne did did everything at a high level. Like if it wasn't for him and Jonathan Allen, yeah. Washington probably is not fighting for a playoff spot towards the end of the season. Like they, in my opinion, carried that defense. Right. I, I'm just thinking about you know because we play Philly in our division and they're excellent at running the ball, especially with Hurts, and so. Like if if Payne is not the run stopper that Hankins is, 
fan. Payne is the better player. Period. He is a better player. Yeah, like, he is a better player. I know that. Like, complete. But, like, you know, with Oso already on the line, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think about passing situations that would be fantastic. He's better than Osa, too. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be better than Osa. But having him and Osa together with the defensive end and passing situations would be outstanding. But let me, one let me, of our main weaknesses. Maybe, if, maybe let, let, me, let me ease your guys up. Because I think people are, are maybe we're looking at Deron Payne wrong here. Deron Payne is a six okay. foot three, three hundred and twenty pound tank. We're, right. we're not talking about a guy that's six one two eighty seven. Right. He's a guy that can deal with doubles. He can die. That, that guy that can penetrate. He's a guy that can push the pocket. He's a guy that can can redirect. Like he is one of the best defensive tackles in the National Football League. You got the Aaron Donalds, you got the Chris Jones, you got the Jonathan Allens, the Jeffrey Simmons, you know, Deron Payne. Like he he's in after A D and Chris Jones, I think he's in that conversation with those with with the rest of that those tiers. So I maybe 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 I should have put some film on or something, but Deron Payne is that guy. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I I I agree with what you're saying. I know wholeheartedly. Uh as far as from like a pure um, overall standpoint, um, yeah, he's in the same class with those guys. But what I'm what I'm talking about is strictly against just the run, because that was our biggest weakness, and that's the whole reason why we traded for Hankins. And so, you know, if he's going to be equal to Hankins against the run, you know, how, I I didn't look at Washington's defense. I don't know how were they against the run having them there. I, I don't you know. know. What I mean, like, I, yes, so. I, I here's the thing that that aspect mm-hmm. when you talk about total run defense is re, this happened a couple years ago that aspect you kind of got to look at the the rest of the team right because let's just right. use the Cowboys for instance when the Cowboys mm-hmm. were not good against the run in the first half of the season at least me I came on here and said look the defensive tackles are not these disruptors but they weren't your biggest problem your linebackers were right okay so yeah. I don't I don't I'm not going to seriously say I studied the 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 Washington football people every game. I watched like four games uh, right. film-wise from them during the season, and Deron mm. Payne and Allen always mm-hmm. stuck out to me. Their linebackers didn't, okay. you know, so there's okay. that. I just, was, I just don't want to spend $19 million a year on a guy that is going to just come in and be a little bit more significant of a pass rusher than Osa is. You know what I mean? Like, if he's a complete defensive tackle that can stop the run, you know, help with the linebacker, stop the run, and keep our defense, and is an upgrade over Hankins, then absolutely, yeah, let's sign him. But I don't know how you feel about that. That's just my I, I would I would be elated if the Cowboys got to romp it. I, I think we're, we're being a bit conditioned here, uh, speaking thinking of money because of who we are as Cowboy fans. If you yeah. eliminate the money, yeah, you would 100% do dances and, and backflips to have a guy like Deron Payne in the middle of your defense. You have not had a guy like Deron Payne in the middle of your defense since Jay Ratliff. And if you're super concerned that he's not going yeah. to help against the run, well, Osa just becomes yeah. a rotational pass rusher. I would not stop myself from signing a guy like him because of Osa Digizua. Okay. Not at all. So, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I, I just that's my only thing is I just I don't want our run defense to suffer, especially knowing that we're going to have to go against. But the, the but Eagles. does it have to? It, I don't I don't think it has okay. to. You can I mean why why not bring back Hankins too? I mean I don't think Hankins is going to cost you a ton. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, if we could get both, then I'm 100 percent on board for that. Or like or said, or a a Hankins type, right? I'm not not just I'm not saying Hankins is the only run yeah. def- defender yeah. out there, but but go out and get another yeah. a, another Hankins type. So there's there's multiple ways yeah, to, to like, go at this. Yeah, because like Bohanna was supposed to be that guy, and he wasn't. Um, they the guy that we cut that Ridgeway, I think was his name, um, that signed with Washington. You know, those guys did not pan out. They were supposed to be, like, one techniques greater stopping the run. But, like, Hankins really did the job for us. And so, um, you know, I saw a vast improvement in our run defense when we got him. Yep, so, me too. Yeah, I mean, if we could bring both of those guys back, then, yeah, that would be great. I, I don't think it'll happen because, like you said, you know, Jerry. Yeah, we're season, probably, but, yeah, we're probably, you know, in fantasy <laughs> land right now. But that's all we got. It's off season. Yeah. We some some things are going to be but a big I, fantasy land. But yeah. yeah, I would I would definitely be on board for it, man. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Hey, right, man. good call. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Maybe, maybe I should have did it today. I was trying to lean more towards our guys, but once we do our Stephen Jones criteria. If you guys remember how we did the, those shows last year, we had the three guys that fit the Stephen Jones criteria. Then I had the guy that it's going to cost you a little bit more money, but it's worth it. When we ever, whenever we do DTs, we'll, we'll bring some film to the table, some breakdowns, and and I think it'll ease people that are a little worried on Deron. Like Deron Payne's a, a, a he's a man, he's a goddamn grown ass man. And I get the the money concerns because we are conditioned in Dallas, right? Like, hey, man, this this is a lot of money. I feel you. But we talking about a, 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 a crucial position, too. You know, I think interior D-line, like, you get one of them dudes in the middle, man. You, you can really elevate, in my opinion. There's also the other side that a lot of people were talking about, B-Bird and this gentleman on the phone, where... Hey, well, we can just live with our floor. We can. Listen, if you want to live with the floor, that's fine. But I'm going to find out if we can hit that ceiling first. If we can hit that ceiling first, I'm all for it. Let's go. If not, yeah, let's let's, let's just settle for the floor. Uh, 862, what it is. What it do. Shaq in the building. Ain't heard from you. Ain't seen you in a minute, man. I hope all is well. Uh, it didn't work out for both of us in the playoffs, man, but it's good to hear from you. Wait a minute. That's been you this whole time? I don't like it. I don't like it because I didn't know that was you. You got to let me know. You should at least put Toxic 4th and 8 check down, formerly known as Shaq, the Vikings fan. But what's good, bro? I have oh. a couple of points that I like to make. They can't hear you. There you um, go. So the first point I like to make, I know a couple of shows ago you was talking about uh, a USC defensive tackle that you didn't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, the two, the Thule, uh, I can't, I can't say his name, yeah. Yeah, it's a Tui Tui Pelotu. Tui Tui Pelotu. All right, it's not that hard. Yeah. Tui yeah, Tui Pelotu. 
because I'm a USC fan, so I heard it a couple of times how the announcers pronounce it. Um, a little bit of a breakdown on him. Okay. He he was the only bright spot on a horrible defense. Like if you watch USC defense, it's like you're gonna get bored quick because all you're seeing is a lot of scoring and nobody's really playing any defense. But whenever you see somebody uh, the quarterback get sacked, it's usually Tui Tui Pelotu, and he's good with his hands and he's a a defensive tackle. The only thing I have to say is he looks kind of small on film, but they say he's listed at six four two ninety. I about to say he looked linear to me, like like not a uh, not a bulky DT, but a long one, kind of Chauncey Golson type. Yeah. Oh, so he's kind of like sure. a, I'd say a second rounder. If if, uh, if somebody could draft him in the second round, that'd be a perfect uh, spot for him to go. All right, I'm going to have to do some more uh, studying on Tui, Tui, Pelotu. Yeah. It's not now that hard. The defense is a little horrible, so it's going to get a little wonky if you watch USC defense. <laughs> no, nah, I ain't going to watch the whole defense. I'm just going to focus on Tui. And, uh, and my second point is, so I feel like if Dallas was to take the next step, uh, y'all would have to get that O-line back to Dak's rookie contract. When you had uh, Travis Frederick, you had um, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, because with that type of offensive line, you can do a lot of crazy plays and plays that take time to develop. And I noticed Dak likes to hold on to the ball and likes to get the big shot going. That might change, though, with the West Coast. I think the previous offense was a vertical Air Coriel, the, the vertical aspect of Air Coriel, where that was the, the progression, right? We want the big play, and then we come back down. I don't know that's going to be the case with the West Coast. I think the ball is going to come out a bit quicker. You're going to get more mesh routes, more slants. And then behind that, when, when the teams start creeping up, then you'll get your big shots, more uh, check downs and flats and screens and whatnot, and, and an emphasis on probably an inside zone run game. But I don't think you're going to get the the vertical aspect in this. If it's West Coast, the vertical aspect consistently in, in this offense. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, do you feel any RPOs being added, or yeah, is that? Yeah, I think I think I think uh, McCarthy. If we run this West Coast, and if you look at Brian Schottenheimer, uh, his time in Seattle, he did some RPO stuff. I think you you have to incorporate RPOs in your West Coast. I mean, uh, McVeigh does it. Um, who's the guy? Sirianni does it. Sirianni, whatever his name is, Andy Reid. Like the RPO was a part of the NFL now. So yeah, you incorporate that. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say is, y'all should. I know y'all get drafted running backs in the first round, but y'all should strongly consider taking B. John Robinson. They will. I I think one hundred percent they will strongly consider. If, if for whatever reason this man falls at twenty six, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be really hard for Jerry Jones not to turn that card in. And that's all I have for today. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Well, let me ask you something real quick. Let me ask you something real quick. Um, yep. What's the dude's name? Uh, Dalvin Thomason. I didn't even realize he was only signed to the one-year deal. Uh, what was your take on, on Thomason this year? I know he got hurt. He was in and out. But what was your take on him this year? Because he's a free agent, and I'm interested. So my take on him was it was kind of hard to evaluate him because our defensive coordinator, I don't know if you know, he got fired because yeah, your defense, he couldn't stop, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't stop a damn fly. And, like, when DT did play, 
he did get interior pressure, and he was a kind of like a bright spot on the defense, kind of okay. getting to the uh, stopping the run and getting to the quarterback. So, but the thing with him is the injuries catching up to him, and he's not that young. So it would probably be a good two year deal, but that's if you're trying to win. If your window for the Super Bowl is now, gotcha. Which that the Cowboys it is now, so that would probably be a good signing for y'all. All right. Hey, appreciate the shot. Anytime. Take care. You too, bro. Good stuff from Shaq Edwards, a.k.a. the Viking fan. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask him about that about, because I haven't looked at the 2023 film for Thomason yet, just 2020, 2022 film. I only looked at 2021 last year when he was a free agent, and I, and I wanted him. Um, so, But when we watched the Vikings film leading up, I really couldn't look at Thomason because he was hurt. He, he, he wasn't playing. And it was the edge guys, Hunter and Zadarius Smith, that was the focal point to me. With obviously you got to you had to worry about uh, the safety back there, Harrison Smith. But it was those edge guys because the interior they had lost Thomason, so it was intrigued because I would definitely be looking to bring him in. But if he's hurt, guy, maybe you get him cheap. Uh, let's go, I believe, 1977, 956, and 205 to round it out. 1977, what's good? It's good to hear from you, Sky. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. Good morning, good sir. Okay. I um I just got back late last night from the conference in Atlanta, Georgia. Damn two bucks up there, but it was hectic. Um, All I got out um, of that was you just got back from Georgia. What's up? Yeah. Well... I'm I'm fixing to do another video on this uh, this morning. I'm gonna probably do a video about um, our Dallas Cowboy great history. And I was watching, I was looking at uh, it was it was showing Super Bowl of uh, on, on ESPN. They was they got they were showing Super Bowls of our Dallas Cowboys and stuff. Okay. And I looked. I was looking at the seventy-seven Dallas Cowboys. They was amazing. And I was looking at the seventy-eight Dallas Cowboys. They were amazing. If they would have beat Pittsburgh. That team would have been considered as the greatest Dallas Cowboy team ever because they had 58 sacks on the season that year, and they were they were a part, they was a dynasty. I'm just hoping one of these days when we ever be that great again. I don't know. Um, I'm a two Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm a always will be. I um I'm not happy right now with the team, but you, we all know on our channels what we talk about that all these problems we have with bad coaching and Kellen Moore has. Uh, uh, I'm kind of glad he's gone, but he has really made things hard for Dakota Prescott. These media people is really talking bad about that young man. I'm not happy about it. I don't like it, and I'm upset how they treat that young man. He has a great heart, a great kid, even though he has made a lot of mistakes this year with throwing interceptions that can be rectified and fixed. I think the West Coast offense would benefit him to a, to a T. That's all I got to say, but I'm right now, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm upset with him. Fair enough, 1977. Get get it get it off your chest, brother. Hey, I look forward to the video though, man. Send, send, uh, send, drop it in the chat next time you you, you come on uh, when you finish up your video about the history. Yeah, God bless you, bro. God bless. Indeed. I'll talk to you later, okay? Yes, sir. I, I will say this: I find it extremely. No, I don't. Let me stop. I mean, lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't find it interesting because I know why. But I think it's funny. That during Super Bowl weekend, I done saw about, I don't know how many segments about the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. 
how many segments? Cowboys lost three weeks ago. I mean, you could be talking about the Bengals. You could be talking about the, the Niners. You could be talking about the the, the uh, uh, Bills. You know, teams advanced. Well, Bills didn't advance. They lost in the same round. But I hadn't seen a segment about Josh Allen. Um, you could be talking about all these other teams. Hell, you could be talking about the Super Bowl, which, which you know, they do. But, I mean, I've seen so many segments on Cowboys, on uh, Dak, on Jerry. And it's just like. Motherfucker, for what? For why? Not even playing this week. They haven't played in three weeks. But you know, when you have that star on your helmet, you're going to get the clicks. You're going to get the engagement. You're going to get the views. So that doesn't upset me like it does 1977. It's par for the course. It's par for the course. It's, it's what you expect uh, when you are a player or uh, worker, coach, whatever it is for this organization so that's why i don't get offended by it i get offended when our own fan base falls for the junk but i don't get offended by it when they do it they they don't know any better we should jose oh shit <laughs> mr will still what's up good morning sir he said you know you know i caught that right he said oh shit what's good man not bad, brother. Nah, yeah. it's because you're in my pocket. I was going to say, uh, I find it funny, brother. How the hell is Dak Prescott getting mentioned more than Tom Brady? Who's the GOAT and who's the non-elite quarterback, as they say? You said you he's know? getting mentioned with Tom? No, I'm saying I, I, it's funny how they mentioned Dak Prescott and the Cowboys more than what they mentioned Tom Brady. I know oh, he's yeah. retiring. He's getting, that, he's getting out of the league, but hey, man, shit. Yeah, as see, you can tell, you one it seemed Over. like it seemed like the media just tired of Tom Brady. I think it's like, oh, thank you for retiring again. Next, it seemed to be over. All right. I just wanted to go. I heard you talking about there, and I wanted to put my point. But uh, one thing I see, uh, Will, I don't know if you see it too. I know you're talking about defense today, but my bad. Do uh, you think we need a right tackle to bring in a right tackle and use him as a swing tackle, and possibly push him to the left for the beginning of the season? But I'm saying that because right now we're out of steel and Tyron, you never know. He went down before the season started last year. So, yeah, that's the only reason I'm skeptical about it. And I think that's a big hole that I see. We're going to probably have to fill in, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, so, so I'm going to just be real with y'all right now as we speak in February. This is, I got this gut feeling that, that Terrence Steele, and this could be because he's my second cousin. He ain't my second cousin no more. He's my cousin. Uh, Terrence Steele, I think, is going to be ready faster than than we think. Um, and when I spoke to uh, when I spoke to Doc Doctor Boothby about the the differences in recovery from a MCL ACL tear to a receiver and an ACL tear to a tackle, he made me feel a little bit better about uh, him potentially being being ready sooner due to the different responsibilities on the ligaments from a receiver. Right, you're doing way more. Uh, cutting and turning and twisting and all types of craziness. That not to say that tackles aren't athletic or whatever. Uh, but I don't know, man. I just feel like Terrence still attacks everything with with such a a a, a fierce determination to to be better. And I just think he'll be ready uh, for the season. But if he's not, you probably have to address tackle, right? Like you you got to address it anyway because you don't. You're probably not going to bring back Tyron. If you do bring back Tyron, he's not reliable. 
So you still might have to address it. Uh, but I don't think you can rule out Matt Willetsko either. Maybe Willetsko can get some right tackle stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and maybe they sign a veteran to compete. But when you say we need a right tackle, are you looking at, you know, high in the draft? Are you talking about signing a, a top-end free agent? Or you just mean some depth until Steele gets back? Because I think Steele's your future over here. I mean depth in, in general because, man, fuck Josh Ball, though. Man, that, I'm, uh, not even, I'm not even including him in, 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 in the situation. I, I don't want to bring him up, but, you know, that that's the main one. Get that shit out of here and bring someone else in. And I say, let's go, dog. But that's pretty much my take for today, Will. I want to say thank you to A to Z, thank you to you, thank you to Vodge. Appreciate everything y'all do, and y'all have a good day, man. Thanks, man. You as well. Appreciate you, big dog. It, it, it's it's an interesting question that hasn't really been brought up. Appreciate you, Jose. Uh, we, you know, and maybe it's me. Maybe I we haven't. We did talk tackles. We we did bring up Steel, but I kind of just was like, yeah, Steel be fine. But what if he's not ready? What if he's not ready in September? Um, what if he what if he goes on the pup list? You know, that would be. When still get injured, y'all. December. He got injured in the Texans game. Was that December? So nine months would be set would be about end of training camp, beginning of the season. Maybe he won't be ready. It's it's a uh it's an interesting conversation. I, I'm kind of super optimistic on it though. Maybe that's why I kind of been ignoring it. And I appreciate you for bringing it up, Jose. It, it, it might be an issue, a bit of an issue, if he's not ready. What do you do over there? Uh, Army Mom, can we tag Steele? They'll probably tag him with the restricted free agency tag. Uh, I wanted to extend him last year. Maybe they look to try to get him now. They love to do these little things. They love to get guys who've been or got nicked up and, and try to get them for cheap. So uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll extend him for cheap and you get out in front of it. So he got injured in December, King. So if you're engine in December, nine months would be that August, September area, right? So nine to twelve, nine to ten months. That's cutting it close. It's cutting it close. So you don't so the tag spot would be more so the he because he's a restricted free agent. So you can put the tender. I shouldn't use the word tag. The tender on him. And and the reason why you would do that is because you get a cheap year of steel. Um, and you can still uh, negotiate a contract, right, and to bring him back. I would like to get out in front of it because I think he's a rock at right tackle. I think he's your right tackle for the future. He's young. He's athletic. Uh, he's he's a hard worker. King Element called him a dog. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm all for for still moving forward. But if you wanted to kind of take a year, see how he looks with his ACL, I don't think the tender is out of the question. Although I'd like to get at it. All right, last call today, 205. What's goody? 205, you live. What's going on, Scott? Hey, land love from Wakanda. What's good? <laughs> What's happening <laughs> with you, man? Hey, uh, I'm glad I was listening in, man. Like I said, sometimes I be listening in and I can't I can't interact with the chat because I be on the job, but uh I can dig it. I'm glad I heard your BJ take, bro. Cause I mean, I just did you hear that interview Michael Lombardi did on 105.3 FM? No, sir. Was he talking about Robinson? Man, he was talking about not not in particular, but he called your boy Kelly Moore a uh, joystick. 
that he called plays like he been uh in his basement playing that. <laughs> he called him a joystick. He, bro, he had some big ammo for Kelly Moore, man. And Yo, this a this a former executive right here. Hey, landlord, do me a favor. Send me that if you can find a clip or what have you. Send me that uh on Twitter. Yeah, shout out to Common Sense Lad because he he sent it to me because. Michael Lombardi was literally saying the same type of arguments I was just making yesterday on my show. The same ones. He was saying the almost the exact same thing. That's what was crazy. And Kermit Sims Lab, he sent it to me. So, shout out to him. But, shout man, he called his man Joystick. He called his man Joystick, Sky. <laughs> That's wild. He said he called plays like he'd been playing Madden in his basement. And now, now, one thing he did mention... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, we've been saying that jokingly, but when, when somebody like that says it, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a, that was a bomb drop. It was eye-opening. But one other thing he said that I that I want people to try to kind of reshape the way they think about this, man, like it is a difference between a running back, and I think when you get to a, to a different tier, like when you start getting to the really, really talented guys, you gotta start viewing them as weapons, man. I think it's a certain it's a certain level you get to to where you just can't be a running back no more. You know what I'm saying? Because if you just handing the ball to in his belly, that's your fault. If right. this player is capable of doing a whole lot of other stuff, you know what I'm saying? And Michael Lombardi said the same exact thing. He said, man, he basically was talking about talented running backs. He didn't say DJ in particular, but I don't think. But basically, he was like, man, it's a it's a level where you can just make them a weapon. Like, I think Kelly Moore conditioned us to a certain degree, man, that we feel mm. that we can't do nothing almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't we don't got faith in no creativity or actually using these weapons in a practical way. You know what I'm saying? But if we was to draft B. John Robinson, and he was there at 26, I know everybody hates drafting a running back. But just imagine if you had a – uh, a common sense play caller that know how to utilize him, and you actually feature this man as a in an offense threat. like a West Coast offense. As, as a dual, huh? as a dual yeah, you, threat, yeah. Man, you, Scott, this dude had zero drops as a running back, and he had like fifty some catches. Like I seen, oh, yeah, I seen. He, he's uh, a dual threat guy. I was evaluating receivers that had drops. I was evaluating receivers that had five and six drops. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think Hanya had like five drops. Um, Tank Dale had like nine, and it's a running back with zero, and he was utilized in the in the um passing game. So when you think about the West Coast offense and a real creative OC that can actually use these players, just imagine putting Bijan in the slot or doing wheel routes out the backfield or check downs with yak ability. Like, man, if you actually use this man with some intentions, bro, he could be a weapon, not just a running back. If you sit up there and just hand the ball to his belly, that's your fault. That sound you like, see what I'm saying? It's like, another. That sounds huh? like Tony Pollard to me. <laughs> that sounds like that's Tony Pollard That's what I'm saying. It's, a, it's, another, <laughs> it's another level like, of back that you get to. You know I don't know how many times we came on this damn show, and I just was, oh, well, Tony Pollard not using the passing game. Tony Pollard. Like, like. We've been we've been begging Kelly Moore, and we had this conversation yesterday uh, when we were talking about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I can justify money spent on a, that type of money spent or or capital, whatever you want to call it, if he's going to be utilized in a dual threat manner. I can't justify it if he's yeah. not going to be. 
And when it comes to Bijan, it's not about the talent. I said this on Vodger Show, and I continue to say it. You ain't going to find me being mad if we take Bijan Robinson at 26. I mean, the dude okay. is an absolute okay. beast. Like, well, who who can be upset about getting a player of that caliber? I think what, where people the drawback at is at 26. The drawback is it's yep. a, it's a running back. I get it. It's it's the it's the value, and you're probably going to get your four years, and then you 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 look to move on. And people want to look at first round picks, and they want to have them for longer than than four years. So I I get that aspect of it, but I will not come on a draft show and be like, oh my god, we took Bijan Robinson. We are going to stink. Yeah. No. The dude yeah, is going to yeah. absolutely ball out for like four or five years or yeah. whatever it is on that contract, and then you come to that decision, right? Now do I sign him, a guy who's probably got a ridiculous amount of touches in that in that time period, or do I move on? But that's something for the future, right? That's, that's if you're looking at it from a long-term standpoint. But the dude is an absolute freak. There's no doubt about it. So if you took him, you're taking a damn good player, probably the best player on the board. Uh, it'll probably make some people mad. But I mean, he's a like yeah. you said, he's a weapon. So you got you got to think you are almost in the second round, Scott. Yeah, and you got a potential star. I don't think he's going to be there. Now. I don't think he's going to be there at twenty six. I mean, this whole this <laughs> I don't whole, think so either right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, this whole Cowboys taking him. I don't think that's going to happen. If it, if it, if he falls to twenty six, you're talking about a top, you know, five to ten talent in this draft falling to twenty six. That is that is unheard of. Insane. But, yeah, that's all I wanted to uh, do, man. Holler at you, man. I ain't want to change the subject too much. You know what I'm saying? But I did nah, want send to me that, Send me that audio, though. Oh, yeah, I got you. I'm going uh, to send it to you. I don't, I don't know how to inbox people on Twitter, man. I'm an old man. I just joined <laughs> Twitter, but uh, I'll try to do it. Oh, <laughs> I'll oh. try to pull it off. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this single magic, you know. <laughs> this wish him a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right, lost on that, man. Appreciate you, big dog. But I appreciate it, though. I, I, what I'll do uh, is I'll I'll hit you up in the DMs. You you can hear me. I'll hit you up in the DMs and and we'll get the conversation conversation started. Landlord from from Boomerville. Landlord said, "I don't know how to do the DMs, dog. I, gotta meet me at the trap house." I'm gonna come through the trap house maybe today if you go live today and I'll, I'll drop uh, I'll have you just drop it. Oh uh, yeah, man! Look, look! I don't want people to get this confused about the Bijan Robinson thing. I don't even know who's gonna be on the damn board, but if he is there, 100% Jerry Jones and them boys is gonna talk about it. And if he's selected, I don't want Cowboys Nation to get all up in arms. Dude is a fantastic player, one of the best players in the country. I think the conversation shifts when you start talking about, well, the future. Well, what about second contracts? What about running backs? And I get it. You know, I personally would would go elsewhere. But if he's taken, I mean, don't be mad. All right, that's that'll be it for the calls. Good stuff today. Let me get to these super chats. Jamar Gibbs, another one. Someone sent you the clip. All right, so somebody sent it to me. Let me go see DJ. Appreciate you. Uh, is it Lucius? Am I saying that right? I'm going to check this out as soon as we get off. Appreciate you. Maybe we'll talk about that in the opening tomorrow in the roundup. Uh, I got DJ's 
super chat. Oh no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Appreciate you, DJ. Let me let me let me get that. Super chat. He says, if you eliminate the money, would you go wide receiver or DT if play production and impact were the same elite level? Ooh, that's a fun question. Uh let me let me say that again. Maybe we'll get the bomb squad to chime in. If you eliminate the money, would you go wide receiver or DT? If you're going to get equal play, production, and impact at an elite level. Let's talk about for the Cowboys. I'm guessing that's what you mean, DJ. I would go receiver. I ain't say it with my chest, did I? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think I'm good with that. I think I'm gonna go receiver because now you're you're telling me I get an elite level receiver to go with my other Pro Bowl receiver in a West Coast offense that helps out the quarterback and the receiver. So I'm gonna be able to score a lot of points probably, right? And then that allows my DTs to to tee off and and whatnot. And I don't gotta worry about money, but we're talking about elite level players. Yeah, I think I go receiver. DT says James. <laughs> DJ said no base in your foot. <laughs> I ain't saying with my chest, man, because I'm thinking I hear elite. I'm like, well, what about is Aaron Donald? We talk about Aaron Donald. But uh nah, I'm a, I'm gonna go receiver. Receiver Lake Lake Show. Adriana says receiver. DMV look like overwhelmingly receiver. For this team, receiver, DA, and general de- defensive tackle. Unless it's, unless it's Aaron Donald. That's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm talking about Aaron Donald. But but Aaron Donald not elite. Aaron Donald all world. He not elite all world. I also wonder this. Um, so cool hands, cool hands Lou sent me that. Appreciate the Cool Hands Lou. I often see Danny say this all the time, Danny. And maybe you can call him tomorrow. Probably should have today. Surprised you didn't. You constantly came at Dan Quinn about the run defense and the Cowboys about the run defense. But when you go look at the playoffs, the Cowboys were one of the best run defenses in the playoffs. So it feels like Dan Quinn figured out how to to get the run defense to be at the very least, the very least respectable. Um, And the James said he wants to stop the run. I mean, everybody wants to stop the run. I, I, I get that. If the idea is to bring guys in to just strictly be run stoppers, then I don't know that you go get a Deron Payne, right? You want to spend the money. That's what DJ was talking about and B-Bird was talking about. Like, if, you're, if your building process is, hey, look, I don't need to get a game wrecker at defensive tackle. And the other guy, I, think, I don't think it was DJ, it was another guy. I don't need a, a game wrecker at DT. I just want to get some guys that can stop the run and then give me a couple pass rushy DTs and, and let's get by. Then yeah, I don't know that you you go get the Deron Paintings, <clears throat> excuse me, of the worlds. But if you said I want to get a game record, and we'll build around him on that interior, and that's how you kind of start your defense or build your defense, then you you do want to go get that Deron Payne, that Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, AD, Jonathan Allen type. So it really is about your approach, I think. Dexter Lawrence snapped Black Yoda. 
I wanted him coming out of college, but but he snapped this year for sure. And, you know, when you bring in a defensive coordinator like uh, Wink, I think Wink got the best out of Dexter Lawrence this year. Yeah, he snapped. Aaron and Micah, yeah. Uh, I think we got the rest. Matt dropped a couple. Appreciate you, Matt. We read Smoke 14s earlier, and I think we got yesterday's tow boat tie. So, man, good stuff today. I'm glad y'all stuck with me. I know we were supposed to do interior D-line yesterday. We did it today. Run it back if you missed it and you're just joining. Uh, tomorrow, we'll round out the week with one more hindsight series. And then next week, we'll finish up and maybe mix in some um, some free agent talk as the combine starts to roll around here soon. Once we Usually when the combine rolls around, that's when it almost turns into strictly draft talk. I shouldn't say strictly because free agency actually comes up. But that's when the draft talk will pick up here on the channel. Uh, but we're still doing, as Reek would say, the exit interviews of the season. We got to slow roll all this, man. It's Y'all know how the offseason is, man. It's long as hell. So stick with me, Cowboys Nation. Appreciate the calls. Appreciate the donations. The chat was on fire, as always. The true diehard fans. The Bomb Squad. Bomb Squad! that y'all are uh join me later on the vice Barty live show um and then mauricio rodriguez will be on for the final show of the week uh a to z sports prime time check out his articles matt's articles shane's coles all of our fantastic writers on a to z sports dallas.com and hit me up on twitter at skywalker still uh i'm gonna go check out this interview and maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow see what michael lombardi had to say with that said i'm gonna press this button Appreciate y'all. Who ain't getting a PS5? Gotta buy my son a PS5 for, for uh, Christmas. What's up with these prices, man? It's ridiculous. I ain't a gamer anymore, so I don't know. We out of here. Love you. Squad!